Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty Spotlight Interviews. I am Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. Each week, these interviews provide you with the insights from a different perspective of Business Fight Poverty Network, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are working on some of the world's biggest social challenges. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Miriam Sidebe. Miriam is one of the world's leading experts of brands that drive health outcomes through mass behavioural change. From within Unilever, she created a movement to change the hand-washing behaviours of one billion people, the single biggest hygiene behaviour change programme in the world. Miriam is the woman behind the multi-award-winning and UN-recognised Global Handwashing Day, now celebrated in over 100 countries. Miriam, at the moment, is meant to be on sabbatical from Unilever and working at the Harvard Kennedy Business School as a senior fellow. Instead, she finds herself in Kenya spearheading a national coalition to fight coronavirus, bringing together business, government, the public sector and civil society, all to fight COVID. So Miriam, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me here today on this podcast. Miriam, you have been incredibly busy since the outbreak of COVID-19. Could you perhaps give us a bit of a flavour of what you've been up to? (laughs) Thank you very much. Katie, this is a great opportunity to talk about the amazing work that we've been doing as a community and as a a community of practitioners and strong believers of what the role of the private sector can be, especially during health and uh, well-being, you know, diseases or or outbreaks. And then all of a sudden, here comes COVID-19, which is basically an opportunity for us to galvanize all these forces and these learnings of the last decade and get us to a a point where we we can ultimately drive impact. So. I have been busy setting up a national business compact on on COVID-19, which is a platform of collaborations for businesses, the UN family and non-governmental organizations in Kenya, which is a platform to accelerate local actions, but with global best practice and this uh, sharing, which I've been doing very closely with Business Rights Poverty. And it's something that we we basically launched and started on a day where I was on a call with Zahid. CEO of Business Rights Poverty, and we were having a conversation around you know, global pandemics, and, and we were having a conversation around smart, smart drinking goals, actually. And then we decided right there and then that maybe the best use of our time right now was to start thinking about how we could create this platform and think about how this platform could be useful as a way to, to, to give guidance on how you create local coalitions and how you move on local coalitions in the countries. So that's how we started. That was over 68 days ago. 68 days later, the coalition is up and running. It exists. You can find it on www.covid19businessresponse.ke. It now has uh, over 50 companies or so that are part of the, the coalitions under the leadership of the Ministry of Health and the Government of Kenya and um, with strong support uh, from the UN family and some of the big non-governmental organizations like Shopco and AMREF and um, you know, Rotary as well. You know, I think what we've achieved so far, and I was just detailing this, is along three lines of work. We've been, you know, being an extension of the Ministry of Health and, de- and defining a uniform, a platform of communication. So making sure that we communicated about hand washing with soap, masks, wearing physical distancing, you know, all those socially rewarding behaviors that are required for which we believe that 
some of these businesses will score businesses either to produce some of these soap or sanitizers or to communicate that we could transform all of this goodwill into this national campaign that reached at the moment over 45% of households and over 8 million people already in Kenya. So we've been very proud of that. The second thing that we've done is that we've distributed over 3,500 hand-washing facilities, you know, in all hotspot areas determined by the Ministry of Health, you know, where, you know, it's either endemic or we're figuring out what to do. So I think that's a very important element as well that, you know, we've been working on almost uh, nonstop. And as well as distribution of soap and uh, replenishing some of these uh, hand-washing facilities as well. The third element has been a fundraising element to be able to be an agile supporter of the crisis and um, being able to, for example, you know, provide beddings and, and bed sheets for quarantine, uh, people in quarantine, as well as dealing with medical waste, as well as sending doctors in some of the most remote areas to be able to get some mass testing done. For example, we sent a group of doctors you know, with the AMREF flying doctor last week to Mandera, which is one of the most remote areas in the country to try to get the mass testing going. So as of last week, we've mobilized over $7 million at this point, but not so much in all of it in cash, but a lot of it in pro bono and goodwill as well. And, you know, and human capital, the amount of team that has been working on this nonstop, all pro bono, all volunteering so far, you know, to try to get all this goodwill to the people that matter and, you know, and to, to the last mile of distribution. I think that's really important to, to keep in mind. And, um, we're very, very proud of what we've been doing here. And I think in parallel, the rest of everything else that I was working on hasn't stopped, right? So <laughs> the book, I have a book coming out. I have a, a, you know, an HBR article, which came out just in the middle of all of this, which took a lot of work and which is about, you know, the learnings that global brands have had in terms of tackling health challenges, which is extremely well appropriate to the current situation in which we're in. And many, many media interviews to keep the profiling up of what I believe the private sector can really do to tackle this, this, uh, this crisis. Miriam, I feel tired just listening to all that. It's amazing, immense amounts of work and effort and 68 days is a long time for one person. What's motivating all this work and, and what's keeping you going? Well, I, I feel like, a, I mean, I'm a public health worker. I have a doctorate in public health. I have spent the last 20 years thinking and practicing public health and especially practicing hygiene, right? So hygiene and, you know, and hand washing with soap is what I've been thinking about for the last 20 years. And to be honest, I, I have been delighted to see some of the activities around hand washing around the world at the moment. I'm just really sad that it takes a, a public health emergency and a global pandemic for it to come at the forefront of the, of the public agenda. But, I, but at the same time, I feel like it's an opportunity to share everything we've learned and everything that we've been doing through those years, and to galvanize more support, to show the way and be an inspiring uh, change maker for a lot of the companies that are somehow scared or wondering whether they should get involved and whether this is only something that the public sector or state should be accountable on. I feel like, again, what we've done in Kenya in 68 days is create a blueprint of what the real partnership should actually be, especially when it comes to crisis like this and to think about different ways in which you can assist the government and the state. And if we want to avoid a tragedy in Africa, you know, prevention is going to be absolutely key. And I've learned and I know that from all the work that I've done, obviously, through the years. And I think it's really important to keep that in mind as a starting point. So, you know, my, my purpose in life is to pioneer new ways to bring about these public-private partnerships and to 
to show what private sector can really do in terms of health and well-being. And here I am with the global with a global public health crisis. So it, it just seemed like it seemed fortuitous, and at the same time, it, it seemed like the right moment for me to be able to to get involved and to really be able to guide what is it that we should be doing together, right? So it's a sense of responsibility. It's a sense of wanting to to really be able to to contribute positively. It's also my my duty as a public health worker to be able to put this together. Miriam, you are a long-time champion of business growth and social impact going hand in glove through authentic business purpose. What does this mean in practice? I think in practice it means inspiring companies and brands about what they could be doing and also showing them the ways of how you make that happen. And I think this is what I've spent the last 15 years in Unilever doing is is to you know embed the social purpose into this business growth and and showing them the small changes and the small actions that they could be taking within their business model to make a genuine impact. And I think this is what it all comes down to: is are you genuinely driving impact by selling and building products that are genuinely making a difference? And I think this is all being tested quite a lot during this COVID nineteen crisis. And I think this is where currently we are at in terms of the conversation. And with regards to that conversation, looking ahead a little bit, what would be the top trends that you think we'll see as the globe continues through and hopefully begins to recover and rebuild from COVID-19? There's many trends, secular trends that are going to be happening. I think one of them is obviously this, the way we work is going to change, right? So I think the world of, of business travels is, is finished. I think we're all realizing how much you can do sitting in one place. I don't think we're going to go back to this extensive always being on the on the go you know during for business travels i think that's gone and i think it's it's creating a sense of of you know connectedness where it doesn't matter if you're in london if you're in new york or if you're in nairobi you can connect through you know very simple behaviors at the moment and and simple ways in which you know it's all about making our lives i guess more rewarding on an everyday level i think something else that's going to come to the forefront is going to be what I'm calling compassion, capitalism, or you know, more empathy when it comes to the way we're doing that. Because I think you know, you're starting to realize that you may not need so much of what um, what we thought we needed in the past. So uh, you know, a lot more looking into home improvements and and investing into oneself and upgrading oneself is basically what's required. Because people are going to need to be more creative about the way they make money about the way that they respond to some of the needs that are out there. And I, and I think this is basically where the conversation is going to start having, is going to be. And then I think that therefore brands with purpose and brands that are really putting at the core of what they, they talk about, a genuine interest for the communities and more human connectedness is going to be what's going to differentiate the businesses that are going to survive and stay, continue being out there versus the businesses that will that will find themselves really struggling in the future. Because, you know, I think there's a sense of of a real and authentic that people are going to be looking for. They're looking for authentic leadership and leadership that is not self-focused, but leadership that is about what you can really bring to the table. And you mentioned earlier, Miriam, that you're publishing a book, surely, uh, Brands on a Mission. What can people expect? The book is called Brands on a Mission, How to Achieve Social Impact and Business Growth for Purpose. It's basically a summary of 
of my last 15 years uh, in Unilever and about creating a framework of operations that's going to guide the way uh, businesses, you know, basically bridging the divide between what companies say versus what they do. And it's a very much hands-on guide on how you're going to get companies to, to follow this on so that they can build an operational framework to embed purpose at the core of their strategy. So, and it's all focused around health and well-being. It's, it includes a couple of case studies from key brands and how they've done that from Dove and self-esteem to a life boy and, the, and its journey to the 1 billion to Durex and what they've done in terms of HIV AIDS infection and as well as a discovery and, and a health insurance, for example, that's about health behavior change. So all those different examples are going to be absolutely key, right? And I, I think what do people expect in there? They also expect my journey uh, as an entrepreneur, a public health worker who spent 15 years in marketing and trying to bridge the silos of these different uh, sectors and trying to get the best of you know, what marketing has to offer to the world of public health and what that means and what that meant for me as, a, as an individual and a professional. So yes, so that's what I think people have to could expect. And I think a lot of color and a lot of um, a genuine a questioning around what is impactful versus what isn't. Oh, sounds amazing. So to anybody listening to this podcast, I will put the link to the book so that you can find it into the words that sit alongside the podcast. Miriam, my last question today, I mean, what would be your one piece of advice to people listening to the podcast? I would say just make, dig deep and make sure that you stay in tune with your purpose because I think having meaning during this time is what's going to get us through um, this crisis. And I think finding ways to make sure that that purpose is coming to life and that you're contributing genuinely and positively to the world is absolutely key. So I would say stay in tune with your purpose and bring that to life because the world needs you. Well, wise words from Miriam today. Miriam, thank you very much for your time. And if you like what you've heard today, please do rate and subscribe to us. I would also love to hear your feedback. So please do drop me a line at any time. I'm Katie at businessfightspoverty.org. Many thanks. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. 